All right, last week I spoke on the reality of God's love. People, we've got to bring a reality into our life of God's love. Say it with me again. God loves me. God loves me. We were at uh, Tim Barton, who's David Barton's uh, son. You may have heard his name, uh, historian, Christian historian. And Tim Barton uh, was in Fresno uh, yesterday. We went up to uh, see it. And he was talking about the founding fathers of our country, but then talked about the founding fathers of our faith and great men of God. And uh, 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 started with Noah and talked, you know, pre- righteous pre- preacher of righteousness and uh, built this ark spent you know over 100 years building the ark and then he he pointed out that after they got off the ark he planted a vineyard got drunk laid there naked he made an interesting statement he says i i think that would disqualify him from being an elder in most churches today then he went to abraham who was full of fear you know went went into the king and and told his wife says you know god said i'm gonna make a great nation out of you and he says uh uh, here you this is my sister you want her I mean, real big man of faith, right? And uh, stumbled at the word of God for 25 years, but God still used him. Then he went to Rahab. Her resume might disqualify her for leading the women's ministry. She was a prostitute, yet ended up in the the lineage of, of Christ. And he went on to point out, we all have a past. I'm going to reiterate, God loves us. God can still use you. He used, and he went through like about six people uh, in the same order and showed how they failed, but God still used them in a powerful way. Don't let your past predict your future. God loves you. Say it with me. God loves me. God loves me. Don't let your past predict your future. God loves you. Amen. So, so last week I talked about the reality of God's love. I gave us three keys on this reality. And number one, it was that God love, God's love removes all fear. I tell you what, if there's ever a problem amongst people is the fear factor. I mean, I, there's very few people that live without fear. Uh, you almost have to get into the special forces to start finding people that, you know, like military people that, that live without fear that, or these extreme sports people, you know, that do really stupid things, and uh, that live without fear. Most people live in fear. The what ifs. I got to stay safe. I got to stay in my comfort zone. I got to stay where I know that it's going to work for me. The love of God removes fear. There is no fear in him. He is love. We've got to battle this fear thing. Uh, You don't have to make your life work. God will make your life work if you seek him first. And it's fear that causes us to try to make our life work. Number two key that I gave is our faith worketh by love. Many people are struggling in their faith because they do not understand the love of God. God loves you. Say it with me. God loves me. When you release faith, it is the love of God that's going to make it manifest and work. God gave us the tool, and when we're willing to step out and use it, his love will make sure. So, so another thing that that means is your faith doesn't have to be perfect. There's an arena of God just seeing us trying. 
Now, a lot of people use the word trying, and I've said it many times, trying is a word that's an excuse for the most part. Well, I'm trying to do it. No, you're either doing it or you're not doing it. But in this, you know, I'm taking my knowledge and I'm putting it to work and trying to figure out the dynamics and the laws around it as we put it to proof in a trying definition that the trying of your faith means putting to proof through adversity, when I actually start releasing my faith and moving, now God has something to work with. He understands we're humans. He even politely told us, my ways are so much higher than yours, uh, like the heavens are above the earth. Uh, The way I do things, the way I think, man, you're clueless, guy. He understands where we're coming from. But faith worketh by love. And then the third point we did is nothing can stop faith That's working by love. And we looked in uh, Hebrews chapter 11. I want to continue on the subject of of this love because there's a quandary in love. There's a difficulty in love. And uh, using the the word love on the natural sense, you know, a a relationship or something like that, a a parent-child, a sibling, a, a spouse, or, you know, something like that. Has anybody ever been hurt in love? Only three people, really? Okay. Did that do something to you on the next relationship? Yes. We build a wall because we're going to protect ourselves because we don't want to walk through that again. But love has an openness to it. You really are putting yourself at risk. Now, there is no risk with God, although there is a perceived risk in our natural mind. Because God's faithful with his worth. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. He's not going to leave uh, You know, like if you're old enough, that old song, he didn't teach us to swim to let us drown. Um, he didn't build a home in us to move away. Uh, but in this arena, the quandary is, in this, this arena of talking about love, is all of the hurts that we have experienced, God wants us to now just be open with him. We're trying to receive the love of God through, through little holes in a wall that we've built to protect ourselves on an emotional basis. So, so this is the quandary when I'm talking about love. Oh, I love Jesus. Jesus loves me. Why do you got a wall between you and him? Well, well because back there. Okay, but, but see, if we, can, if we can remove the wall and allow him to love us the way that he wants to love us, He said, I'm a good father. Now, here's a deception that comes in with many people, especially people that don't really walk in uh, the word of God. They walk in their interpretation of the word of God. Uh, They will get answers to prayer and they will look at the answers to prayer as a validation of what they were doing, of how they're living their life. God's a good father. He's trying to help us. He's not, he's not like you and me. You do something wrong, and I'm going to hold a grudge against you, and, and I'm going to make you pay for it. You, you know what I'm talking about because you've done it. I know which buttons to push. I'm going to push those buttons so that you feel what I'm feeling. See, there's a deception that we can walk in, and uh, even taking Jimmy Swaggart's testimony, he gave the testimony, so just, I mean, he did it publicly, so, but when, when he fell into sin and got caught and everything like that, he said, you know, I really thought within myself it wasn't that wrong or that bad what I was doing 
because the altars were full, the crowds were bigger, and the money was flowing into the ministry. Well, God wasn't doing that to validate him. God was doing that to help the people that did show up. And this is what I've said many times, is anytime there's a good service, it's not a validation on the preacher. Uh, I would say it even of myself. It's, it's not me that, of the reason why God shows up. God shows up because of you, yeah. of people that are hungry. This is why we need to come to church hungry. This is something many Christians don't, you know, husbands and wife, they fight on the way to church, you know. Don't look at me like it's never happened. <laughs> they fight on the, the way to church, and then they walk through the front door. Well, praise God, hallelujah, how you doing? I'm doing great, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, we get all that religious stuff on. Uh, we're not expecting. We're still irritated. Yes. We're hoping the preacher's going to preach to them. Yeah. We start getting that pitchfork religion. Yeah. You know, it's like, you need to hear this. I hope you got that. But see, if we can come in to receive the love of God, if we come in to expect from God and get rid of the walls that are standing between us and God, Man, this wall thing just keeps. Uh... Hey, do you know why we think our, our, our time is our own? We've built a wall between us and God. The reason why we think our money is our money, and even though God said it was holy, the tithe, we still don't think. We built a wall up that allows us to hide back here. They're preaching to somebody else. Be anxious for nothing, but we give our, ourselves permission to be anxious. We're hiding behind the wall of protection because I've got, I've got to take care of myself. The reason I can't walk in love with you is because there's a wall between me and God because he says walk in love with everybody. Amen. So you've got a lot of Christians walking behind a, lot of, uh, a wall that they've built. Doctrinal walls. So you don't believe the way I believe? Then, then, then you ain't part of this. They came to Jesus and said, hey, there's people over there preaching about you. And they don't follow us. He says, well, if they're preaching about us, let them alone. Yeah. Or preaching about me, let them alone. If somebody's, now we, we can all sit down around a table and talk and we can all find something that we disagree on. But do we, do we agree on the, the majors? Jesus Christ and him crucified. Raised from the dead, uh, from, uh, took all of our sins upon him, set us free and we can believe in him, be connected with God. That's a major. Minors, we have liberty. You just better watch out because your minor may be a spot that's going to keep you out of the rapture. And this is where a lot of people think that just if, this, this is all free. I, I have no intention of saying any of this. But uh, uh, people think that once you're born again, you're rapture ready. You can't make a biblical case out of that. Jesus is coming back after a church, which is a unified body of believers that is without spot or wrinkle. You got to get the spots and wrinkles out. Anything that we, we know the Word of God says, but we've built a doctrine that it's different, that's a spot. The Bible's very clear. In fact, Matthew chapter 7, a group of people come to Jesus, said, Lord, in fact, he says, many will come to me uh, in that day and say, Lord, haven't we done all these great things in your name? And, and the Lord's going to say, depart, I never knew you. Spots and wrinkles. You, you, you don't want to play this on the line. Let's go back to my verse. Or I haven't got to a verse yet, have I? So, um, so here's, that's the quandary we built Walton. Now go to first uh, John chapter 3. Yeah. Thank you. We got one. Um, you, you know how we, I, I've probably hurt you. I'm a very studious person. I'm an auditory person. I read a lot of books. 
I don't know. I've probably finished at least 20 books this year already. I'm an avid reader. But I don't read physical books. I listen. I have Audible. I go through books. Uh, I listen, listen at 1.3 speed. Uh, so they talk very fast. You, you wonder where I get my fast talking from? I listen fast, too. And, uh, um, but I don't know the point that I was going to make out of this. All right. So... Um, so 1 John chapter 3, or 1, 1 John 3, 16. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. Now, God is love. You, you have to know and believe that the love that God has for us. Now, now let me try, now this is interesting. This is 1 John 3, 16. I think God's amazing. Because John 3.16 says basically the same thing. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever shall believe on him shall be saved and shall not perish. To know, see, because a lot of people are saying they know the love of God. Then I, I would come back and ask, then why don't you do what he says? Amen. There's actually scriptures that say that. It's not just David saying that. Jesus said, why do you say you love me and don't do the things that I say? Because we do the things that we deem important in our life. Now, now stop and think about it from a love question. If you're doing what you deem to be important in your life, and God says, if you love me, you will do what I say, okay, what love is greater? No, in, in, our, in our perception. Our, if we're doing what we deem to be correct, and God says, if you love me, do what I say, but I'm doing what I find to be important, then I've exerted my love for self over God's love for me. I don't understand his love. If we break it down to it, God says, I am love. In fact, we, we, we struggle with this so much that even in people's relationship one with another, they say they love them, but they don't operate in love. Uh, you may not know this term, so I'll introduce you to it. It's called a flesh moment. Oh, you heard that? See, we're all prone to having flesh moments, right? A flesh moment is not rooted in love. Nope. Or I guess it is on one level. It's the love of self that I, I can act out. I give myself permission to act out because I love me enough. I, I've got to do what I feel. See, this goes, if we look at the verse in, in 1 Peter 4, 1 that we read at the offerings, uh, offering time, to arm myself with the same mind, he that suffered in the flesh... We should arm ourselves with the same mind. When I act out, do I typically act out when I'm by myself? Well, you can. You can. People, people that have perfected this behavior, but is it typical? No. We typically act out in front of somebody else. Okay, because, because you need to know what I'm going through. Now, what we continually practice, we perfect. That, that may have gone over your head. Let me say it again. 
What we continually practice, we perfect. People have prof uh, practiced anger to a point they perfected it. It does, do, just doesn't really matter what you say. It's going to tick them off. People have practiced. People have. <coughs> I guess we're going to be preaching to each other. People have practiced being offended to the point they can get offended over everything. What we continually practice, we perfect. People have practiced operating in fear to the point that everything causes them to move over into fear. People have practiced being a victim so that now everything that anybody says, they see victimology in it. Now, what would happen if we practiced the Word of God? We would perfect the Word of God. It would give, now if God is love, and I have the ability to walk in this love, we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. Watch this, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God is in him. We talk about God dwelling in us, but we struggle on the love part. Now, where does the struggle come from? Think about the quandary. The struggle comes from a, a self-protection thought process. What's in it for me? See, if I walk in love with you all the time and my focus is you, then, then it's easy for me in my natural mind to think, yeah, but what's in it for me? What do I get? And this is where we fail to understand the love of God. Because God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. In fact, uh, a verse that's used oftentimes in, in receiving of offerings, which really has, it can be applied to it, but it really has nothing contextually to do, is Luke 6.38, that says that, uh, you shall receive pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom. Give, and it shall be given unto you. <clears throat> if you read before and after, the context of that verse is if somebody slaps you, give them the other cheek. If, if somebody asks you for something, give it to them, expecting not to receive. Okay, it's a total giving lifestyle that if we live this lifestyle, if we were to read Luke chapter 6, and we were to read it from a giving standpoint, it would easily, it would be easy to, as a human being, say, but what about me? Well, once you get down to verse 38, you can find out about you. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Pressed down, shaken together, shall men give into your bosom. So, so God has a plan that, see, if you understand his love, he's not trying to shortchange us. He's trying to bring us into abundance. He's trying to bring us into protection. He's trying to bring us into his healing. He's trying to bring us into his wealth. He's trying to, to bring us into his time. Now stop and think about time for a moment. What does God's clock look like? He doesn't have a clock. He has seasons. We have a clock. So when do I want my prayers answered? Well, it's 1118. I, I prefer it by 1122. God doesn't work that way. See, if I could get off the clock. Now, don't take this too far. 
don't take it. Because if you take it too far, you'll show up for work late. No, there, there are things in this natural. But I should be able to live free in time, expecting him to redeem my time. Now, the Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. Uh, a lot of people do forsake saying, I don't have time. That's the kind of time frame it's talking, it's talking about. Is there's a realm in God because of this love that will manifest in all things. See, we, do you, how much do you need to control or exert control in the environment around you? Zero. You're not in control. That's manipulation. God's in control. Can I live free in his love? See, if he dwells in me, I've got time for everything. Have you ever said uh, some, some degree of this? I just don't have time. You're lying because you don't understand. Well, you might not be lying, but you're, you're, you're relaying false information because you don't understand the love of God. God will always allow us to have enough time. Well, I just, I, I, I just don't want to be around that person. Okay, that might be a statement of desire, but what if you have to be around that person? There's a grace to be around that person. See, if I understand the love that dwells in me, I have, because faith worketh by love, I have access to all things of God. What is holding me back is this wall that I've built in trying to love people. I, I can tell you as a, a you know, pastor for 26 years, uh, I've been stabbed in the back multiple times. Multiple times. You help people, you walk in love with them, and then they get mad at something, they turn around and they walk off. It happens all the time. So, so that, that ha I, I have to be very diligent of it because it will want me to, to keep somebody else at arm's length. I, I, you know, love you, brother. We, I enjoy your company. But, but you kind of like stay right there. I, I don't want you right here. Be, be, because of the other person back there. See, and we do the same thing with God, that because we've been hurt, because we've been emotionally wrong, I'm not saying that those things were false. Uh, you live in this world, you're going to encounter difficulties. Human nature is to build a wall. Human nature is to keep ourselves at a distance so that we can stay safe. And God says, just open, your, open, open yourself up to me. Let me take care of it all. Love people. Um, like when you say love people, God, what people do you mean? Oh, all of them. Love them all. But, but some of them don't take baths. Some of them are, are kind of ornery. Love them. See, see that's putting me in a, in a difficult position because of the doctrines that I've, I've established, which are walls in my life that says, no, it has to work this way. Now, now John comes back, the, the apostle of love. I mean, his, just read this whole thing. And uh, he's talking about love in, in, in most every scripture. We have known and believed the love that God has toward us. I, I would venture to say, and I know people will disagree with me, but I, I can just show in their lives where they don't uh, by actions. We don't really understand the extent of God's love for us. Amen. 
the price Jesus paid for you and I, I guarantee you we can't wrap our minds around it. We, we, people step out of faith when they get a headache. People step out of faith and, and get into, uh, why am I going through this at very minor things? What Jesus walked through because of love that drove him was so horrific and so painful. What do we have to say about our lives? This is why he says there's a debt we cannot pay. We were, we were bought with a price. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God. And this is, this is where we struggle is the, the dwelling in him. Now, in God and God in him. Um, so, so now, jump down to verse 18. There is no fear in love. We talked about this last week. But perfect love casteth out fear, because fear has torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. So, so we've got to come to the reality of God's love for us and the, the reality of the price that was paid for this love if we're going to understand the reality of God's love for us. All hell can be coming against you, making it look like everything is going to fall apart, everything is going to be destroyed, and there's one thing that you and I can count on, and that's the love of God. Amen. We've got to be able to come back to the love of God. Now, um, there's a scripture I wanted to read in here. I don't see it now. All right. So, so when we get to there, go to, um, hang on a second. All right, let me just uh, skip over. Oh, verse 14 is where I wanted to go. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Um, Actually, that's not the verse I wanted to read. Okay, let's go to uh, 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. Did I skip a uh, did I skip a verse on my outline up there, Felix? I didn't. Okay, First John chapter uh, First John three verse one. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. We we don't deserve anything that that we walk in. What manner of love? Can you quantify the love? Therefore, the, the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now we are the sons of God, and it doth yet appear what shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, and we shall see him as he is. This, this, is, the, this is the definition, the quantification of his love, that you and I can be called the sons of God. Now go over to Hebrews chapter 4. Stop, stop and think for a moment about falling in love with someone. How do you do that? What's that? The honeymoon phase? Like it was all fake? Well, no, you don't see the real them yet. You don't see the real them? That sounds like we got a wall we need to... Maybe that's why I wanted to stay on the wall for a long time. No, how do we, how do we fall in love with somebody? What? Courtship. Talking fellowshipping, being in the presence of, getting to know them. 
There's, there's, there's gifts. <laughs> getting to know, getting to know them, that the, you know, in that realm. How, how can we know the love of God without spending time with Him? Most, I remember Barna came out 20 years ago. I'm sure it's worse today. But Barna did a study, said the average pastor prays 15 minutes a day. Well, if the average pastor prays 15 minutes a day, what does the average saint pray? How much time, don't answer me, but just think back over the last seven days. How much time did you spend with Jesus? How much time did you spend in his word? Well, I did my devotional. I didn't ask you if you did a devotional. I said, how much time do you spend? See, because in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Did you spend time with God in the Word? Because the Word is God. See, how are we going to walk? How are we going to understand the love if we don't have a relationship time with Him? Now, if there was a, if there was a seminar, the, the lottery right now, is, I just saw a thing on it, 1.5 billion or something like that. I mean, it's like in the billion, over the billion now. If, if they did a free four-hour seminar down at... Uh, the convention center on how to have the right numbers to win the lottery. <laughs> Do you know there wouldn't be an empty seat in it? Yep. People would flock to it to find out how they could change their life. But if you say, if a church made an advertisement to uh, come and fellowship with God in a church service, uh, it, it wouldn't draw anybody. In fact, most people want out, you know, keep it short. I don't want to hear the word of God. I mean, keep it short. I mean, I, I've, I've witnessed it, people on their phones during the message. You know, when Mary and Martha uh, was encountering Jesus and Mary sat at the feet of Jesus and Martha was cumbered about with much serving because there was a bunch of people there that she had to feed and she's out there plucking the chickens all by herself. And uh, she came back to Jesus and said, would you tell her to come help me? And he says, no, she's chosen the right thing. How many people are willing to sit and receive the word of God? See, but we even get within a church service and people are doing other things. I, I've seen posts on Facebook that we, I, I look at the timestamp. <laughs> oh, we were in church and they go to our church. You can't tell me you're, you're receiving anything out of it. Now, you, you've got the right to do whatever you want to do, but you can't tell me you're, you're getting closer to God, that you're receiving things out of the Word. We're not even engaged at that level. This is what I talked about earlier, that when we come to, God, or come to church, that we should have an expectation to draw on the things of the Spirit. This is what I was talking about when I was talking about praying for the apostle element of Kenneth Arbon when he comes, that it would manifest here, is I want to receive something from that anointing. See, if we understood the things of the Spirit, if, if God really made everything He has available to you because He loves you, it seems like logically it would make sense to us that whatever time it took would be worth it. But there's a disconnect because of the requirement and the wall that I built. So, so people are quoting the Scripture that, the, oh, the, the love of God dwells in me. Well, the Bible says that the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. But yet people still have a hard time walking in love with other people because they don't know how to activate the love that's inside of us. Why is that difficult? Because we haven't really got to know 
Now, remember last week, faith worketh by love. Go to Hebrews 4.2. For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them, the Israelites, back when they came out. But the word preached did not profit them. It didn't work for them. Now, why did, if we think back, I don't have time to go over the whole Israelites uh, coming out of Egypt, but what was their mainstay? Complaining. Focused on the problem they were living in. Why did you bring us out here to die? They could not see the love of God at work because of the difficulty they felt. We live in a very emotional world right now where people live by their emotions and they judge everything based on how it makes them feel. It's amazing to me the number of times that, that I've heard somebody say, you know, with some variation of words that I really feel God. And then they go on and, and what they're actually talking about is how they feel emotionally. It didn't profit them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Now, how could they not? We, we can just look at the component of faith of believing it, but you can't believe or you and I will struggle to believe if we don't understand the love behind it. Say, God loves me. God loves me. You might be saying, well, yeah. well, then who can walk in this thing? All of us can because God loves us. We're broken. We're goofy. We got weird doctrines. We, we got issues with ourselves. But God wants to bring us out of them because he loves. That's how much his love is for us. That he wants to bring us out. You know, and we got to get off the why is this happening to me? See, if you believe that God has control of your life, then, then he has a plan for everything that's going on. And as we get stuck on the struggle or the inconvenience, arm yourself with this mind. People, people have, man, come on, I'm, I'm one of them. I don't like inconveniences. I'll just confess it out loud. I like things that work according to plan. But I have to stifle myself and relax when things are not happening the way that I want them to happen. When I want to control things, and I'm not a big controller, I'm, I'm a good delegator, but, uh, but I do have arenas where I want to control. When I want to control things, I have to back myself up. And I'm not going to allow somebody else to control me. I'm free. And I'm going to keep my heart free. Because I know the love. He that the Son has set free is free indeed. I'm subject to Him. I'm subject to him. I was talking to a lady that was representing uh, Tulare County Right to Life, and um, which we've supported in the past. We usually put uh, support their big ad that they put the Right to Life ad in January. And she said, you know, it's getting really hard with churches now because churches don't want to be known as that. They, they want to stay free from that. Isn't that a sad testimony? I'm like, well, yeah, I've never been one that was really, well, I have in the past, but I'm not one that really... Uh, is worried about what other people think of me. So you don't have to worry about me. Uh, I, I'm going to be on there. I don't care about the world's opinions, what they think is right. I care about God's opinions, what he says is right. Uh, people in our church say, you talk too much about the tithes and offerings. That's because I see how it's going to destroy people's lives because of their mindsets on it. Th this thing is so powerful that people can't see it. That's why I talk about uh, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. God knows the motives of our heart and why we do things and people are going to struggle in things. And I don't want to see people hurt. But I see people that are going to walk in destruction. 
And, and so I just keep saying the same things over. Paul said it, it's, uh, it's not... Uh, uh, it's not burdensome to me to repeat the same things over and over again, but I, you need it. So I'm going to keep doing it. Paraphrase the, the verse there. So when we are, when we are difficulty focused, now, now stop and ask yourself, are you difficulty focused? Because if you're honest with yourself, you might find this to be true. You're focused on the difficulties of life. If we're difficulty focused, we're going to lose sight of love. When God brought Egypt, or Israel out of Egypt, he took them the long way to prove what was in their heart. Difficulties will reveal what you have hidden in your heart so that you can deal with it. It's the love of God that does that because so, he wants us free and he sees that little thing. You know, you know we're good at pushing down. You know, you put a smile on your face, yeah. but on the inside, you just want to lay down and cry. Yeah. You're not going to let nobody know. God wants to get rid of that. Yeah. Say, Jesus loves, me. Jesus. He wants us free. Now, it all comes back to Romans 12, too, like I talked on Wednesday. I'm out of time. I'm only halfway through my message. How we view things how we think about things is what created that wall. Romans 12, 2, be transformed through the renewing of your mind. You and I all have an opinion about everything. It just cracks me up. Some people are just very loose with their opinions. Well, I think. Well, what I think about that is. Well, what I think about that is. Well, I think what I think what I think. And, and it's like, shut up. Sometimes you just need to keep your thinking to yourself because you reveal what you know. Um, this all comes back to a thinking element. How you perceive life. See, if God really loves you and me, that he would send his only begotten son to die on a cross for us, to take all the sins that we've done, everything that separates us from God on him, so that we don't have to pay the wages of sin. If we can grasp that love inside of us, how can I hold anything against somebody else? See, it, we, we've got to come to the revelation knowledge of this love. Say it again. God loves me. God loves me. God loves me. God loves Let's stand. There's an, there's an arena. Must not have gone through. Let's all stand. I want to close, I, I, I close on this in that wall. You and I have walls. Don't think you don't. Especially if you've never dealt with them. You've got things in there that, that puts a barrier between you and others between you and God. Some of us have been masters at hiding them, but they're still there. Others, their mouth reveals them all day long. It really doesn't matter. It's not like one's right and one's wrong. The, the reality is we've got things inside of us that we don't understand the love of God. Why is God allowing me to go through this? Because he loves you. He's trying to get you someplace. But there's something in you that's keeping you from being able to walk in that. 
that he needs to reveal. It's not to destroy you. It's to elevate you. Amen. See, a good father will train his child not to be punishing, but to equip. I remember dad, you know, he says, okay, Dave, you're going to need to know this when you get older, and so I'm going to have you do this, this, and that, and the, you know, whatever it is. And I'm like, well, what if I don't need to do it? Well, you'll know how to do it. I said, well, why don't I just like wait until it happens and learn it then? <laughs> he says, no, it doesn't work that way. And he would make me do things that I didn't want to do so that I was equipped for things when I came. A good father will train their child. They, they love a, a... See, people say they love their kids, but many don't because they allow them to act out the way they want to act out, creating and perfecting habits that's going to hurt them down the road. A loving parent will train them in the way they should go. A loving parent will teach them how. In fact, uh, uh, yesterday at, the, um, at the, uh, that freedom thing that we went to with David Barton, he was talking about John Quincy Adams and how that when he was 10 years old, he went with his father to Paris and he was the secretary. He actually made notes of everything. And then just a few years later, he went to Russia and he ended up translating because it was at 12 or 14. At 14, he fluently spoke six languages. And they, he, he started talking about the education that used to be versus the education that is today. Back then, they trained a child to do these things. Oh, we can't talk about the immaturity of 12-year-olds today. We have to talk about the in, immaturity of 30-year-olds mm -hmm. because nobody trained them. Now, coming back to the love is we think it's love to just let a child do what they want to do. Stick an iPad in front of their face so that we keep them entertained and they love it and we just let them do it. But we don't train the child in the yeah, way they should yeah, go. Yeah. We don't teach them how to function. And the reason we don't is because it's easier on us, the parents. Yeah. And then we say we love them. You're hurting them. Yeah. See, if I, can't, if I can't even cognitively understand what I just said, how in the world am I ever going to uh, understand the love of God who is love that will train us, teach us, rebuke us, correct us? Uh, the scripture says, him that I love, I correcteth. Yeah. Or I chasteneth, I think is the word in the King James. He's going to keep us straight. He's going to train us how to go. See, if, I, if I, I can understand, so what happens is in this dynamic, we start looking at life and we start building protections with a God who loves us and is trying to get us someplace better than what we could ever get to on our own. Yeah. And so I want you, if everybody just close your eyes and bow your heads right now, I want you to look in your heart. What wall have you built? You're not going to answer to me or anything. I want you to just look at yourself. What wall have you built that you're living behind and it's controlling your behavior? If we can get a reality of the love of God, we can get free from that because He loves us. He wants us to be free. So I want you to, I'm, I'm going to pray and you're going to believe with me. If you want free from it, I, I believe the power of it can be broken. Now you and I are still going to have to make a decision to not function in what we've perfected on how to live behind the wall. We're going to have to get out in front of the wall and walk in the love of God. But if this is you, just, just put your hand on your spirit, man. Just somewhere on your chest, your belly or something like that. 
And I want you to look at this thing as I pray. And I want you to focus in, not on what anybody else is doing, but what's inside of you. And Heavenly Father, we come before you right now. Lord, as, as we were singing that song, and what a sweet spirit it was about the preciousness of your name, of what you have done for us. Lord, that you grant mercy. We don't, we don't, we don't deserve it. It's your love that qualifies us. Lord, and we're all guilty. We're all guilty of building walls. We're all guilty of harboring hurts. We're all guilty of allowing things inside of us that, that has now started to control us in our ability to walk with you, trust you, live in you, really see your word. Your word is there to bring us into your love, not to cause damage to us. God, we, we, we lay hands on ourselves right now, God, on, on this thing that's on the inside of us. We probably don't know where it's at, but it's constantly working. It's constantly trying to bring the hurt, the pain, back up in us. People do disappoint us. People do stab us in the back. People do betray us. That, that's in this fallen world. But God, you said you would set us free. God, I speak to this thing. And the power of Satan, who has tried to keep this thing active, is broken right now. God, I declare that your peace would just flow over us. God, a, a freedom peace, God, would rise up in our bellies. That we don't have to be slaves to this anymore. God, through your mercy and through your love, God, we can access who you are. God, we can have confidence in your love. Lord, we, we put this before you right now. Lord, this thing, God, that's harbored, whether it's an offense, whether it's a hurt, Lord, no, no matter what it's been, Lord Jesus, or just we've been indoctrinated with, with we're not good enough, we're not smart enough, or whatever it may be, God, that, that has cinched a hold inside of us. I command it to be broken right now. In the name of Jesus, these things have no more power over us. And God, we declare our freedom right now to experience your love, to walk in your love, to understand your love. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just reveal yourself to us, God, in ways that our brains cannot understand. But God, that we will latch hold of it. God, in that we won't look at it as a, a validation of us or you're just revealing your love to us. But God, it's something that you want us to walk out, that you're with us. Lord, that your power has been given to us, God. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, for all that you have done. We give praise to your name, Lord Jesus. And I declare us free this morning. Lord, help us, God, to stay away from it, to walk away from it, to not allow ourselves to be drugged back into it. In Jesus' name, amen.